hello, welcome. This is a little trip down memory lane, part of our bite-sized series of mini podcasts that revisit some of the most interesting conversations we've had on Just Bloody Post-It so far. I'm your host, Helen Perry, and I thank you for joining me to dig into this business of self-promotion. Marketing ones work on the internet. This time, Katie Leeson. When I interviewed Katie, she was the MD of the social media marketing agency Social Chain. Now she's CEO of Relentless Media, which is owned by the former Manchester United star Gary Neville. And it's Katie's main job to help him rebrand and rebuild the club Salford City FC, which she'll do brilliantly with her natural instinct for what makes a good story. From behind the scenes, which is where I think she's happiest. Even though she's a purpose-driven poster on social media and a podcaster, I asked her whether she enjoys being visible online. Trigger warning, we chat a little bit about miscarriage in this one. I was really reluctant to build a personal brand. Um, Like I said at the beginning when I talked about my journey, I never expected to be in this position. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable that I had authority to be able to talk without feeling like I was going to get found out. And um, whether you... There's a lot of talk about whether imposter syndrome is something that's holding women back or... But I, I definitely have that feeling of being a fraud at times. Um, still comes up now. So it took a lot for me to start talking more publicly about things. The shift really came, though, because Stephen Bartlett has just created... I think he's probably like the master of personal brand. And he's created something incredible and he was really smart in knowing that I didn't want to do it. I refused to be in any of the background of his blogs when he was filming when I first started, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, But he set it as one of my KPIs. (laughs) That answers my question. (laughs) No, I probably wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) No, I I wouldn't. And he did, he set it as my KPIs. And I was like... Have you come round to the idea? The difference really now is the the impact that I can see from me talking publicly about some of the things that I had, and there's been some there's been a couple of really pivotal moments for me that have made me want to continue to do it. The first one was when I first started talking openly about imposter syndrome and feeling like I don't know why I'm in this role and how do I deal with it, and the feedback that I got from other women in in just starting out their career or feeling like they wanted to change and listening to me talk about it and then them going on and getting a job that they really wanted was a massive moment and things that really spurred me on to feel like right okay I have authority to talk about this and actually it's having some good rather than it just being me talking without any sort of help for anyone else um and then also I talk really openly about um a miscarriage that I had three coming up to three years ago um and that again was the the thing for me there was I know now that that episode is still out there for when someone goes through that and needs the support and no one was really talking about it openly at the time and it is a business impact I remember putting it on LinkedIn and I had some backlash from from old men I'm not gonna lie it was like middle-aged to old men asking why I was talking about this subject on LinkedIn and um and, and I went back and I said, well, why wouldn't I? It's something that impacts me in my job. But also it was with alongside the charity, the Miscarriage Association. 
And I said, I'm, I'm also promoting the benefits of what the Miscarriage Association do. Why would I not talk about that on LinkedIn? And I think there's been a shift since then um, where I'm allowed to open up and talk a little bit more. But the driver really is for me is how can I help by being open and honest? I have heard you talk about your miscarriage on your, your podcast. I shouldn't say this, but can you tell us? It's great, by the way. Thank you. Try it once you've finished this episode. <laughs> Talk us through that. I shouldn't say this, but what's the concept? Yeah, so I started by doing, obviously, when Steve set my KPIs of doing personal brand, I was like, how am I going to do this in a way that feels authentic and also is a good use of my time? Because we're busy. If we're doing day jobs as well, it's really hard. I started writing LinkedIn articles, but like I said at the beginning, I'm not a great writer. Um, and then found it more of a challenge and a frustration to do that. So looked at starting a podcast and couldn't think of a title and was thinking what should we call it what should we do with it um and I was thinking about the way that I talked about um imposter syndrome and starting to open up a bit about my own mental health and seeing a therapist and I had, <laughs> couldn't think of a, word, a title for it but I actually went went for a wee and then that's when the title came to me while I was having a wee <laughs> just great thought moments <laughs> yeah. last week I was on the loo and I was reflecting I was like how like have like what happens if Instagram falls down tomorrow for me in my business after the outage and, and I was like this this is a great thoughtful moment for me I really need to consider this stuff so don't don't knock it until you try oh, it was great and it was that spark of inspiration yeah. but the whole premise of the podcast is uh, someone in a position of um like leadership within a company that's so well known talking openly and honestly about things that that do actually happen and still happen to a leader and and just leading with that front and then any guests that come on also share their admissions um which is just just highlighting the fact that we're all human and relatable content I think um and I've got an incredible community that I've built off the back of it that's very positive very supportive yeah I love it I love the podcast I'm so proud of it it's such a great format for uh, proper conversations and I think because it feels quite intimate you can open up more even though it goes out there into the world and then people it belongs to other people women in tech Women in tech leadership, maybe I'm more referring to. How Are you seeing that change from the inside or not? I am. I, it's, it's difficult. My, a lot of my time is taken up with spinning a lot of plates on social chain and then also trying to do my own personal brand. But yes, I think me talking about it more openly is helping shift a change. One of the things I always say is you can't be what you can't see. And part of that is because I really struggled to see visions of where I could get to when I started my career because there weren't really any women to look up to but there's some incredible females now running agencies that are really talking quite openly um, on social Carrie Rose from Rise at Seven is one of those if you've not seen her um, incredibly enthusiastic and driven um, and her agency's just been it just been awarded the drum agency of the year um so there's some brilliant voices out there and incredible talent. Um, and I've actually just joined a um, as a non-exec on the board for a tech values company because I really wanted to kind of 
lift the lid a little bit on women in tech because even though social is tech it's still marketing and I wanted to really try and understand that world as well so I'm trying to infiltrate in different ways so I can share a bit of my own knowledge in those areas as well. You post a lot about anti-hustle and uh, anti-burnout maybe uh, Mm -hmm. uh, um, messages about not over-glamorizing excessively hard work but when I think about somewhere like social chain I imagine there are people there who just would quite happily sleep on the floor and they get up again in the morning that's what I was like when I was in my 20s is it possible is it possible to do what you have done to have the role that you've got without a bit of that kind of working long hours I think for me I'm I talk about it from a place of experience so when I was doing that new business and marketing role I put so much pressure on myself to do everything that I actually made myself poorly and I was really struggling with migraines every day Um, and it got to the point where I couldn't continue and I had all the tests and they tested to see if I'd had a stroke it was really quite scary Um, but actually the thing it came down to was stress and it was down to me putting too much pressure on myself and not feeling like I had the support around me and that's part of the reason that I talk so openly about things and try and put a lot of my focus into culture because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through because it was just it was a really tough um probably about maybe even a year it was a long time of me not knowing why I was feeling the way I was feeling so the and the other side of it is you see a lot on social there's a difference I think between doing something you're passionate about and putting quite a few hours into it because you're passionate about something with an end goal that then you can take downtime afterwards versus actually on social just absolute fake content where you're showing that you're up at whatever time in the morning writing emails when the reality is that you're sleeping until lunchtime but people don't see that because you're promoting this hustle culture that isn't it's not good for anyone and that's why I talk about glamorizing it because I think it became um, at the point when I was writing about it this sort of status symbol to be trying to really work yourself into the ground but actually that wasn't the reality which is kind of what social does it shows you bits that people want you to see and I wanted to lift the lid on that a little bit because I do think there's the balance and I do think you get better work out of people if they've had the rest and the time how are your boundaries now how do you set them up I'm probably do as I say not as I do (laughs) always no I'm yeah I'm better than I was. Um, I I mean, I don't email people outside of hours. And if there's something that's really in my head, I'll do the schedule send, which is probably the best trick that I've ever found because then it's off my head and I don't keep thinking about it, which often causes me more stress than actually getting in and doing it. But you're not it. putting it on someone else to get it off I'm your plate. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they will receive it in normal working hours. Um so that's an absolute godsend for me. And also just building a team around me that are really good at what they do has really helped me to create boundaries um, that gives me a bit of time back. The idea that the only way to be doing it, whatever it is for you properly, is by working your fingers to the bone. It's something that a lot of high achieving women and men struggle to separate themselves from. Like if you're not working all hours, then you're not working hard enough. And it's garbage, rest and recuperation is where it's at. Also, note that you can have a big job without having a major personal brand, but you can also find more comfort with visibility 
then you think, even if you're reluctant, I can't wait to see what Katie does next. If you'd like to get the longer conversation, then click on the link in my show notes. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about it. I'll be back soon. Goodbye.